0: How are you guys doing? Good, is it okay if I just talk from down here because I feel like, you know, times like this, days like this, and by the way, I haven't been in colder weather for a while, so <laughs> like, mm, there is a difference. Um, but days like this, I just feel like it's super, one, really important. So um, I'm glad that you're here. And um, I think these days are invaluable. I, it's like anything else, you know, it's just really hard to get to anything. Is that not the truth? Uh, They'll probably, we're in a time where lots of people, you can't wait to get out. Um, But um, I think, uh, you know, today is a day uh, that no matter what it is that you are leading or learning about leadership, whatever it is that you are part of, you know, this church or otherwise, um, because I think I heard you say that, right? Um, Is that, you know, these are days like you really want to, you know, hear what God is saying to you as the leader, and um, and what is God speaking to you in this season, and it also, it's a time for you to actually receive, so that's my hope for today, is that you can really receive all that you need from the Lord today, because how many know we've been in a really tough season? We're still in it. Um, I think we're going to be in it for quite some time, um, and so that's an encouraging. Word to start out with, um, but I, I I'll share a little bit more in a little bit about uh, more prophetically. But um, but I want to just take like this time. Am I really loud? Because I find myself really loud right now. Am I not? Oh gosh, rarely do I ever get told that I'm being too quiet ever. Okay, so um, I want to I want to just take this time. Okay, I hope that you actually if you're a leader you're you're a note taker that's what i'm thinking so um so here's the thing that i've learned throughout the years it doesn't really matter what you're at i mean you can make the decision to learn from it so get your phone out get something out because hopefully it's not so much of what i'm going to say it's what the lord's going to say through me to you and um and you know i have found that w- we can you know show up at something and think that God's going to say one thing to us and God can say something completely different. And um, I hope it, that it like, like that for you today because um, then it's the Holy Spirit that's, you know, kind of leading the time and not me. And how many know we need the Holy Spirit uh, in everything that we're doing? So um, I want to um, take a little bit of time this morning and just talk about as the leader, um, and who you are as a leader. So again, it, this, whatever hat that you're wearing, kind of put the hat to the side for a minute. I, I just want to talk to you as a person, as a being, as, you know, we're, we are spiritual beings. We are human beings uh, before we're leaders. And, um, and so it doesn't really matter to kind of like what God calls us into. That's actually very secondary. In fact, I think God changes our gifts throughout the years because he doesn't want us to get attached to the gift. Um, and so I've seen that through years where leaders get attached to a gift or to a position. And God has no problem removing that position. Uh, just to make it clear that, you know, it's not about a position. And it's not even about a gifting because gifts say nothing about us. They say everything about who God is because he's a gift-giving God. So he has no problem changing. I've learned that that lots of things in me have grown and evolved and changed throughout the years. And there's lots of things that I'm doing now that I wasn't doing 20, 30 years ago. Because if I was, I'd kill you. Actually, by the way, i communicate. You know what I mean? Like, I had a lot of truth and no grace. So how many know, like, life can put grace in you? And so you learn, you know, hopefully. Hopefully we're learning, you know, as we're getting older. And so I want to just focus on the inward part of who we are as a as a being and i think a lot of leaders are really good at doing but not so much being and there's an element of this that's so vital and so important and i'm going to talk to you really personally as well because i think uh, the most helpful things are some of the most um, personal things so i've been through a very very tough season the last few years and, um, and every time I say that, I think, oh, God, th- please let that be it. Um, but the truth is, you know, life is a life of seasons. And there are some seasons that are just hell. And I've been in hell, uh, the side of heaven. <laughs> I've been in just a really tough season. and um, And I have had to draw from a place that I didn't even know existed. So there's something about us as human beings, because we're human beings first, that if you don't invest in your well, you will have nothing to draw from. And I think we have been in a season, I think we're going to go into another season here, where if you don't have anything in your well to draw from, you're going to be in trouble. And so personally, I've been in a place where I actually didn't even know what was inside of me, because how many know, you don't really know what's inside of you until you encounter it and you don't really know what you have to draw from until you're in a season when that's all you have to draw from, and I have, I am all the more grateful for the disciplines that I've put into place, you know, 20, over 20 years ago, at least, um, because those are the things that have sustained me in this last season. They're also the things that afford me, um, but it's also, it's not just like, sh- getting through a season and surviving a season, it's also learning in that season and allowing the Holy Spirit to teach us and to mold us. How many know like if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to actually teach us in a season, then we're just going through a season. We're going to be there again. So we actually have to ask the Holy Spirit to teach us of every season that we're in because if we don't do that, we are really just surviving and we're not actually maturing. And as leaders, we're called to spiritually mature. So there's something about having a well that goes really deep and so the inward part of who we are has to get built into into us so deep I know that we've been in a season where many of you are coming out the other side you're tired you're weary it's very common so I literally a couple years ago I, I asked the Lord um that before you know COVID when COVID started hitting I'm like what is this thing and um and what does this look like? And I felt like the Lord said, I want you to sit yourself aside for two years. It's going to be a two year thing. And, um, and so I told a few people, and they thought I was nuts. Pretty common, to be honest. <laughs> I hear that all the time. And, um, but uh, I, I intentionally uh, was already on a break, and I went into a deeper break. And I just started writing down things that I felt like the Lord was saying to me in that season. Um, in this last season and the things to invest in and the things to really go uh, deep in and to really um, almost kind of like build your core up, so to speak. Um, And so I feel like we are obviously still in this thing. Um, but at the same time, it's not the thing that that drives us or controls us or that leads us. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us. He's bigger than COVID. You know what I mean? If he wasn't, we're in trouble. Um, But there's an element to take a season of what God has us in and allow God to do his deepest work in us so that we can actually be stronger as we go into this next season. Because I do think as we go into the next season, we're going to need a a strength uh, to sustain us, to lead effectively and to lead well, under pressure. So, how many know leadership is hard? Like, if it's not hard, then you're probably not leading because leadership, I don't care what it is that you're doing in, in the church, there's hard, there's elements that are hard to it. Ministry is so hard. Ministry is one of the most beautiful experiences and invitations and privileges that we ever get this side of heaven. But If you don't forget, I mean, if you don't remember the privilege that God has called you into, it's very easy to forget the privilege and have pain override that privilege. Because ministry is hard. And it's because we're in the people business. How many know people are people? And I tried to do ministry without people, and it doesn't work. So ministry is hard stuff. And it's glorious, and there's moments that you encounter that you're like, oh my gosh, this is why I signed up for this thing. You know what I mean? Like somebody comes to the Lord, or something, something works, or that rare occasion when somebody says, hey, thank you for all you do. You know what I mean? Or something where you just go, This is why I I this is why I love this. This is and it sustains you, does it not? It's sort of like the thing that empowers you and sustains you. But for the majority of actually being a part of God's kingdom advancing, we have to give ourselves to people that don't know how to give back. That's the kingdom. The kingdom is that we serve people that really don't know how to say thank you, that it's just not part of their nature. Is, or it's just not part of their core. They actually don't even know what they're saying thank you for. I think that's a big, I think a part of ministry is learning to give ourselves to people that even if they don't know how to give in return, we serve them anyways. We love anyways. We show up anyways. So building in the core. There's a huge price to leadership. And I think when we don't talk about that, I think it cripples us as leaders. Because the thing is, you have to know you have to know what you're signing up for. But you also have to know that, hey, th- this is actually hard work. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said this about leadership. He says, ours is more than mental work. It's heart work. It's the labor of our inmost soul. And that's really true. Because I think like in church leadership. Um, It's every part of who we are. It's body, soul, it's spirit. We're giving ourselves to people. We're ministering to people. We're putting ourselves out there, but we're also like we're battling. This is the kingdom advancing. It's like every part of when you you can't see, this is the thing about, I think why Jesus said the greatest risk in the kingdom is going to be to love people. It's not to heal the sick. It's not even to raise the dead. It's to love people because the thing is, if I, I, if I pray for you, I can walk away from you. But if I choose to love you, then I have to become vulnerable to you. And that's ministry. Ministries, you have to become vulnerable to people that can take advantage of you. So I don't know why the Lord's having me to stay here for a second, but he is. So I think it's really important that we remind ourselves that a huge part of ministry is that we have to give ourselves to people that actually don't know how to give back. And it is really hard. How many know it's hard to give, it's hard to be vulnerable to people that you know might take advantage of you. Is that not true? Like, it's not easy. And so I think it's really important that we understand, no, this, this is hard. This is not. We did not sign up for the easy road, we signed up for the narrow road, right? The one that's less traveled. And as leaders, we're the ones that are saying, hey, this is the way that we're going, right? This is what, what the Holy Spirit's saying, this is where he's leading us. So in this, I think it's important to remember that we're human. We're not super here. I think one of the biggest crippling aspects of the church in the last two decades has been the whole celebrity culture. You know, the whole, uh, all of that su- sort of superhuman stuff that is just so crippling on so many different levels. Um, because one, what it does is it creates a false belief system about the leader that's not realistic, and it also creates where that leader can never ask for help because there's no way that they can have weaknesses. So what it does is it creates a shame culture because it creates a secret culture because you can't really, as the leader, say what's wrong. Because if you say what's wrong, then you're not what everybody thinks you are. And we as the church have created that. So we, our hands are not clean. We have created and fed into a, a celebrity culture that has caused church leaders to be superhuman. And it's just not realistic. The call that we have is the call to die. Like, the call is death to self. The call is, this is not glamorous. This is not like more money, more fame, more power. That's a rap song, isn't it? <laughs> that is I'm a rap song dating myself a little bit, but <laughs> um, but it's not about any of that stuff, it's the call to die, and how many know dying's pretty uncomfortable, you know what I mean, so I think what we've created in this church culture, I think, I'm not going to say, God, is, God did not create COVID, because I do not believe that God creates something, he does not create something that he has to get rid of, and he doesn't create evil in order to, you know, it's just not who God is, but God does allow things, doesn't he? And there's a reason why God, I believe, has allowed this last season. Personally, I, I, I think, because, I mean, I've been saying this for about a decade, that we of the church have become really too great at who we think we are. And we have, we have produced a machine of bigger is better rather than the deeper church. We've, we've celebrated the celebrity, and we've celebrated the bigger rather than the deeper. And so what we've ended up with is a discipleship-less church where people don't really know how to serve in hard times. Do you know what I'm talking about? So that's actually, again, what we've, what we've sown into as the church. Now when I say church, I'm saying big C church, right? So I'm not saying this church. I'm saying the church of what we've sown into. But let me just go back to this with leaders because all I've done is spend time with leaders the last several, probably three or four years. In the context where the majority of my time is spent with um, just with people that are leading stuff. And especially in the last few years, leaders have never been more worn down, never more weary, never more tired. But also feeling that pressure from the people because they can't admit it. They can't say, hey, listen, your your expectations, which how many know, like the expectations on the leader these days are unbelievable. So not only is it now that you have to deliver a perfect sermon, you actually have to look right as well. So you have to look right. You have to be right. You have to sound like some other person across the pond. Like that's what we've created because of the internet and different things. It's so unrealistic. And so leaders are worn out and they're tired. That was pre-COVID. So going into COVID, what it's, what it's done is it's put a pressure on us as the church. And how many know pressure actually spills what's not good, right? It spills what's good and what's not good. And so this whole thing of of knowing who we are as leaders and the being of who we are as leaders, I can't stress to you enough, like, one, it's okay to have weaknesses, but two, we as the church have to dismantle some of these belief systems so that we are creating safe spaces because it's not just hurt us as leaders. What it's done is it's hurt the church because if what's most, most powerful in the church is when the leader is vulnerable because when there's vulnerability, then it creates a place of safety. And When there's a place of safety, there's a place of truth, and when there's truth, there's freedom. So if we're just putting on facades that everything is good and everything is just, you know, coming together, then there's no real truth because who wants to be the first person to say they're really struggling with something? So it doesn't just hurt the leader, it hurts the church. So again, going back to this, as leaders, that we're human and it sounds so simple, but I'm just saying like what we've created in culture, it's almost like we've removed humanity out of the pulpit. And it's so crippling to us because the truth is people don't relate to our greatness. People don't even relate to our gifting. People relate to our humanity. That's what they relate to. They relate to, oh my gosh, you mean you made it through that? You mean you you survived? If you made it, maybe I can make it. Do you see what I'm, that's what people relate. People, if you have everything together and you look like you have everything together, we don't even like you. Like, that's not even reality. We may not tell you to your face, but we don't really like you. Because it's actually not true. And the more that we as the church recognize that people actually relate to our humanity, then we'll create safe spaces where people will get free. And how many know, like, freedom does not happen without truth. Without truth being at the core of who we are. So that, it begins with us as leaders. I heard this great quote that says, there's three kinds of people. Men, women, and pastors, which is really true. Like, when you're a pastor, it's like a whole different element. And I'll just say this, because those, those of you that aren't leading churches, let me just say, you can say all you want about, like, the church and what the leader should do and be, but until things actually land on you, you really don't know what you're talking about. It's at the end of the day, you really don't know. Because it's not until things really land on you and actually, like, you're responsible for how this, thing's, this thing works? Do you really understand the layers of... Um, it's a pressure. I don't care. I don't care. It's a pressure. It's a responsibility. It's a responsibility before God. It's a responsibility before man. It's a responsibility of entrustment, because that's the kingdom of God. And so you really don't know. You can say all the things that should be fixed, but until things land on you, you really don't know. I just need to say that, because there's lots of experts in the church. And there's lots of people that could fix the church. And usually the loudest people, in fact, I've learned years ago, the people that come in at my peak times of influence are the ones that usually end up at my throat because they've come in at the wrong time. Do you see what I'm saying? They've come in for like all the glamour and the glitz and the glory and all this. But you know, those people usually are the ones that end up at my throat and want to just tell me how to do everything. But the people that actually show up and serve and just want to be a part of everything, those are the people that have lasted, you know? Those are the people that I learned to be the most grateful for because I know that no matter what, if I'm having an off day, it's okay. And they're still going to show up. Do you see what I'm saying? And so there's an element of that. So, okay. The price of leadership. So what leadership, uh, uh, what leaders always face. Now, I'm just going to touch on some things. These aren't going to be a surprise for you, but I'm going to visit them. Because I feel like we need to do a little bit of ministry to end up. So we're going to visit these things. The first thing the, the leader faces is criticism. So how many know criticism is a part of leadership? It's almost like, hi, my name is, you know, Christy just criticize me, whimper. Because it's just... <laughs> But it's just such a huge part of leadership. Like the whole thing of... It is just part of it. And it's like you can either spend time focusing on what is being criticized or you can focus on just going forward. There's always going to be an element of people that are criticizing you. But let me just say this. The season that we are in, and like I said, the, the, the people that I spend time with that are phenomenal leaders. But the criticism that they're under... We're in a time that you cannot win. Like you cannot win. You can't do anything right. So we've gone through this whole season where you open up the church, right? Then you close the church. Then you open up the church. Then you close the church. So you have the people mad at you that you've opened up the church. Then you have the people mad at you that you're not opening up the church. Then you have the, the people mad at you because you're not doing the kids stuff right. Then you have the people mad at you. Do you see how I could just go on and on? Then you've got the whole layer of, well, you're wearing a mask. Well, you're not wearing a mask. Like, I could just go on. We're in a season where we're, we're having to fight criticism left and right. And so the pressure on the the leader has... A pressure that's, that's, you know, not been in our lifetime. Let me, let me say it like that. In our lifetime, where they're not just having to lead like under normal pressure, they're also having to live under the pressure of they're never going to please everybody in the church. And I'm just going to say this because this is a really hard season for leaders. A lot of people are going to come and go. They're just going to come and go because um, we have fed this culture of consumerism. <laughs> And so that's got to play out. And it's got to play out in, in where it's not our job to hold on to people. That's the cemetery's job. Got to let them go. Got to let people that don't belong to us, they belong to Jesus. And let, go. let me just say this. The people that got to go, let them go work it out. Because, and I would say that in any season, but I would really say that in this season, because you're dealing with so many fears that are inside of people when it comes to their health and their loved ones and what we're under with COVID, that it's bringing out fears unlike we've ever seen in in this time. So... Where You just can't win. You're just going to live under criticism. So you you are more than ever going to have to invest in the inner part of who you are because you're going to have to stand against things that you've never had to stand up against. I realize this isn't probably the most encouraging. We'll get to the ministry part, but I'm just saying. I'm just, I I think there's a, we've got to, there's something about God does speak to us and show us things that are coming and things to be prepared for. And I think the criticism factor to think that we're just gonna get out of this thing and then go back to some sort of normal is not realistic, let me just say that, because people's mindsets have changed. And that's what we haven't factored in. What we haven't factored in is that a two years is two years. And what happens is almost in, in almost two years is that it literally rewires the brain. And so people have been rewired that, oh, I'll just do church from home. And people have been rewired, I don't even have to get out of my pajamas. You say it, PJs. I don't even have to get. I can just watch church. People's brains have literally been rewired, so it's almost like yes, we're going to have to go into rebuilding stage. I'll get to that part. Right now, you're going to have to learn to live with criticism. It's just, it's just the what we're in. I think we're going to be in it for a while. The expectation is just so high. On leaders. I read this thing, this article, there was a survey done, which I think, I find surveys very comical, by the way, because I'm like, who are these people that they're asking? And, um, and in every country, it's quite different, to be honest, but the, the U.S. and the U.K. have quite a few uh, similarities in some things. Anyways, there was a survey done about church leaders and eight expectations that are church leaders. This is no joke. This is what people filled out on what they expect on their church leaders. One, that every sermon should be a winner. And the people expect to hear from the head pastor every week. Two, every member should be happy. Three, every uh, doctrinal question should be cleaned up in every sermon. That's really kind of impossible. Four, every program an effort should be successful. Five, every minister should always be available. Six, every worship service should meet everybody's needs. Seven, every minister should be superhuman. That's kind of crazy that that's on an expectation list. Eight, every person on staff is responsible for children's spiritual development. That's super common. That The, the people out there expect you to raise their kids and expect you to do, uh, be their spiritual it, did you know that? Most people that come to church, that, um, especially uh, until people realize, know that it's actually your responsibility, is that they expect the church to be the spiritual place for their children. So the expectations are high, aren't they? And um, they really haven't changed except that the, the criticism is more. So I think what we have to fight is we have to fight the criticism and not live by man's criticism, but we also have to deal with discouragement. I think discouragement is something that is ongoing, but I think, again, this last season, the discouragement and the weight of what people have been under has been great. And um, the Lord has reminded me of the passage in Haggai. Haggai is, um, you know, a book where the the Israelites, they're facing um, kind of like a a season of having to rebuild the temple. They're going through all kinds of emotions of discouragement because... Uh, they'd been in bondage for a long time, they'd been in captivity, and, um, and the Lord was calling them back to himself, and that he was going to do the rebuilding, um, I'm just going to summarize this for you, but in the book of Haggai, it talks about where, uh, that the Lord is calling them up again to be the, the people that they're called to be, and the people's response is that um, they were so discouraged Because they were so focused on themselves and they were so focused on, you know, kind of what they had. That they were missing the call of what God was saying to them. And in Haggai 2, it kind of gives a brief description of what the discouragement was from. The cause of the discouragement is that they were comparing the new thing with, with, with what God was going to do now. And the discouragement was they thought what they were building was insignificant. And I think, I think the, dis, the discouragement comes from the place of feeling like what we're doing doesn't matter. And, and I think because church has changed and I think pro- productivity has changed, we used to be able to kind of gauge productivity and that has changed. And when you're a leader and you gauge things based on how much you can produce and you can't do that anymore, that's quite discouraging. So let me put it to you a different way. If you're if you're basing your groups on how many people show up, you're going to be pretty discouraged. How people show up is is what's changed. It's not that people aren't showing up, it's the how of how people are showing up. So, but productivity to leaders is a big deal because we're looking at things and basing things on on what's being produced and And how many people are getting saved and how many people are coming to church and how many, how's this growing and what are we, what are we multiplying? That's what leaders do. They, you know, they're, we're gauging things off of that, but that has changed because you cannot base church on how many people are just showing up on Sunday, because then you also have to see how many people are watching on TV, right? But even that's not right because a lot of people are watching all kinds of different churches. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's completely changed the game. And so if you're a leader and you've been wired to actually kind of look at things based on what gets produced, you're going to be really discouraged. What I find interesting in the book of Haggai is that it was, it was the feelings of, of kind of feeling insignificant that brought the discouragement on. In other words, whatever it is that God's called you to, don't allow discouragement to come in and, and cripple you from your leadership. Don't allow the criticism what some opinion of what people have, because how many know we're always going to have, like, opinions will be forever. There's always going to be a list of opinions. But criticism and discouragement are two of the things that take people out more than anything else. And the third thing is, you know what it is? It's weariness. It's just being tired. It's just like, I'm trying and I'm serving, but I'm tired. So how many of you are really tired right now? Again, like, so how many of you are really tired right now? Yeah, so is it not because it's like kind of a roller coaster, trying to figure out, you've got your family, you've got, you're navigating everything else that you're doing, plus you're trying to figure out church, right? And you're trying to see how things are operating now. So there's a weariness on leaders, um, unlike I've seen, you know, in my lifetime, which is older than you think. I'm a grandparent now, actually. Um, So... I remember going through a season, uh, so I led a church for almost 12 years, and I remember going through a season where the Lord said to me that I I was to change the season that I was in. And it was really hard for me for lots of reasons. One is when you're leading a church, it's like a baby. It's like you have a baby, and I've had babies, so I know what that's like. When men say it's like having a baby, you're like, you can't really say that (laughs) for a lot of reasons. but I've had babies, so I know, I know what it's like. And when, you, when you're leading a church, it's like your baby. So it's like you give yourself to this baby. You care for this baby. And then somebody comes in and, and says, hey, your baby's ugly. That's what's hard about the church and when you're leading it. But I remember the Lord said to me, um, Christy, you, you have to let go of things when I tell you to let go of things. Because if you don't, then it's the ministry leading you and not me. And that's easier said than done, because when you love something, and you're giving yourself to it, and you're serving it, and you're building it, I mean, it becomes a part of, of who you are. It's not your identity. Like, what we build doesn't define us, but it does reveal a bit of who we are, right? And when you give yourself to it, you love it. And so I had to learn to let go. And here's the thing, if you don't let go, or if you don't understand the season that you're in, is that you will walk in a weariness, that you are exhausted, So we serve a God of seasons, and in this serving of God of seasons, there are seasons of ministry that change, and there are seasons that we are building, there are seasons to plant, the the scriptures are super clear about it, there are seasons of watering, there are seasons that we are, you know, of rest, and knowing that the season that we're in right now, knowing the season that you're in, because I think we go through seasons as an individual. I think we go to, as seasons as church. Like, so this church would be in its own season. And then this church, which is part of a movement as well, Elam, is that right? So the Elam's in its own season. And then there would be the bigger picture of the church. So I think the church, we go through all these different seasons and part of your responsibility as a leader is to know the season that you're in. You have to know the season that you're in, you have to know what you're leading as the Lord, and you have to know when when to kind of walk away, let go, and let God lead you elsewhere, and you also have to know, it's not yours to hold on to anyways, it's just recognizing the season. Because when we don't recognize the season, what ends up happening is that when God says, hey, this is a season of rest, and we don't take that season of rest, we're not ready for the next season because we're so burned out. Does that make sense? So a lot of what we're seeing right now is that people are trying to survive because they've gone from being really busy and really hard into COVID that's even harder. So now they're really weary. And I'm like, okay, well, step back for a minute. No matter what, step back for a minute. You've got to get yourself replenished because you can't give out of what you don't have. And as you go forward, you have to learn how to recognize the seasons so that when the seasons change, you're really clear on that so that you're not exhausted and weary from a season that you're not supposed to be in. So how many have ever been in a church where maybe maybe there's... Obviously, worship was beautiful today, so it's not here. But how many of you ever been in a church where somebody had the mic who couldn't sing? Yeah. And or a preacher that couldn't preach or somebody that like just shouldn't, you know what I mean? And but they're, that's not who they are. That's not their gifting. And, you know, it's not really the but nobody wants to say anything because nobody wants to hurt their feelings. I think that's one of the cruelest things, actually, by the way, it's bad leadership um, because one of the most loving things to say is, maybe that's not your gifting. You know? Anyways, knowing the season that you're in, one of the ways that you realize that you're in a season that you're not supposed to be in there is you've out, outstayed your welcome. So what I mean by that is not staying in the church. What I'm saying is, when you outstay your welcome, you're working off of weariness and exhaustion and exhaustion rather than, you know, the Lord has really given me vision for this season. Now, let me just give a context here because of COVID. You have to separate kind of what the environment and what's happening around us compared to what's going on within you. Because you can't just use COVID as an excuse to just walk away. That's the last thing that we need right now. What we do need to know is we have to know what is God saying to us and what to pick up for this next season. And it will not look the same as it did in the last season because we're not in the same season. And a lot of the church, I don't, I don't understand why the church is the last to catch on, but we're usually the last to catch on. So the world has shifted. So we, it, we don't follow the world, but the world has shifted. And if our job is to actually reach the world, but we actually have to be in the world to reach the world. Do you understand? So we have to understand the season that's changed. So ask yourself this morning, what season am I in? And this is how you know when it's the right season. You just have grace for the season. It's so simple. But the thing is, you could be in great chaos. You could be where it's not easy, because ministry is not easy. It could be where it's quite you know difficult and whatever it is that you're doing, but you just have grace. You just have grace to do it. And you have grace to do it because that's where God's called you for that season. Take yourself outside of that season, and you lose the grace that God has for you. So grace is a byproduct. Grace always precedes calling, and grace is always on us in calling. So I know when I've stepped outside of a season is I just don't have grace to, I just like, frankly, I don't really like anybody. If I'm going to be really honest, it's like, you know, you have to keep showing up and you have to keep doing things and you just don't have the energy for it. You know, Have you ever been there? And so there's times when you have to learn to walk that out and you have to grow up your <laughs> in areas of maturity. But but there's also seasons where it's like, hmm, Maybe this has changed and I haven't realized it. So ask yourself this morning, am I in the season? What season am I in? And am I doing what God has asked me to do? And do I have grace to do it? And if I don't have grace to do it, then you got to start praying about changing some things that you're doing. Does that make sense? I think a lot of leaders are weary because they haven't recognized that the season has changed. So it's a huge part of, I think, what we have to um, just be reminded of. Yeah. So what's often missing, I'm just going to give you a couple quick things for, cause for you as the leader. So yes, leadership's hard. Yes, those three things of what we, we've always encountered, but they're in a much deeper level. What I find leaders are often missing are the right people. So the number one problem with clergy in the UK is loneliness. Did you know that? So obviously, you have a minister of loneliness. That's a pretty big problem when the government has to step in, right? It is a massive problem. It's the number one problem on clergy. And so, again, that's just saying what I said earlier about what we have fed, where we look at leaders in a light that's just not realistic. And so loneliness is one of the biggest problems, but also at the same time, I've learned that leaders don't know how to do life with other people. And let me just say this to you, like you have to learn how to do life with other people. It's not just you and then the people, you have to learn to do life with the people that God sends you to run with. Now it's going to be different. Obviously you can't run with everybody. Obviously you can't have close relationship with everybody, but you have to learn to run with the people that God has called you to run with. Paul talked about this time and again. Paul couldn't wait to get the Apostle Paul. He couldn't wait to get with people. He couldn't wait to have fellowship with people. He valued that. Thessalonians 2.8 talks about where he's given an example of himself. And he says, we're delighted to share with you. Not only the gospel, but our own lives as well. Like Paul knew how to share his life. And one of the things that I see lacking in leaders is they don't know how to share their life with people. And this is so simple, but it's actually not. This is a real difficult thing for many leaders. Because they're so afraid. Um, because when they, when they actually do share life with people, people take advantage of them. So if you don't think that's a rea- reality, I'm here to tell you that is the number one problem among leaders in the church around the world is that people do not know how to treat their leaders as being human, and leaders don't know how to be human, so there's not normal interaction. So here's my encouragement to you. You've got to have a couple people around you that you do life with, and you've got to have a couple people that you tell on yourself to, because here's the thing. All of us are one step away from stupid all of us, I don't care who you are, I don't care how gifted you are, I don't care any of that stuff, that at the end of the day, if you are in the right circumstances, you cannot, you can actually do a lifelong decision that will ruin the whole entire call of your ministry. All of us are one step away from just not being wise. You have to have a couple people that you tell on yourself to. And there's been years where people talk about accountability, and I just like, I'm so sick of hearing it. Like. At the end of the day, you're only accountable as much as you want to be accountable. So as a leader, it is your responsibility to make yourself accountable, which means you have a couple people that you tell on yourself to and say, hey, listen, I'm really struggling with this. And can I just say, just do it. It's not, it's so not worth it. it I, as somebody who's watched countless people implode, I'm, t- I'm just telling you, this is one of the greatest heartbreaks of my life, actually, in ministry, is I have watched so many of my friends implode. And it's because they just got so arrogant that they thought that they were above stuff. No, no, you're not, actually. No, you're not. And I don't care what it is. The enemy is sneaky. He is a thief, and he's right there, and there's always free cheese in a mousetrap. And he will always tempt you with what you think is not a temptation. So when somebody says, I'll never do that, I'm like, there you go. I'm just waiting. It's like I'm just waiting for that to implode. Because that is the ego talking. You've got to have a couple people that you tell on yourself too. So I'll just tell you, like for me personally, I have a couple people in my life, one in particular, like if she tells me something, like I just listen. Even if I don't get it, which a lot of the time I don't if I'm going to be honest, (laughs) where I'm like, mm, I don't think that's right, but okay, and sometimes she's wrong, and then I really want to say, yeah, you were really wrong about that, but I don't do that, um, but, but if she says some things, like, she got my attention. It, it's like a no-brainer for me. It's like, even if I don't see it myself, I'm going to follow that advice because she's farther down the road than me, and I know that she loves me, and here's the thing about having people in your life that love, you have to have people that love you in your life, not for what you do, but just for you, so it's not for what you produce. It's actually they just love you for you. That's a really tough one for leaders. If I told you how how common this is, it, uh, I'm talking like really very, very common. And so I think a lot of leaders implode because they're feeling all the pressure. They're feeling all the criticism. They're weary. They're tired. And then they don't have anybody to turn to. So have grace. Let me just say, Those of you that have leaders above you, have grace for your leaders. Pray that God would send people across their path, because I know that God does that. I absolutely know that God does that. And if you need that, ask God to send people across your path. Go outside your camp. Let me say this to you. If you don't have it where you're at, go outside your camp. Go outside of where you're at right now. Because a lot of times, God will often use the people we would never expect with the places we would never pick to kind of get our attention the most. And sometimes we have to go outside of our camp. So, does that make sense? Okay. I just want to stop there because I want to do some ministry. Because I think that's a lot, and I think I could go into a lot of all that. But really, we don't have to. Because I think if you're a leader, you're living with it. But I think we like let's do some ministry. Do you mind coming up, Andy? Like, um, you can stand. Let's just do this. There's two things that I feel like the Lord is um, saying right now. One is that just the reminder that he is the one who speaks into the chaos. So Lord, I'm gonna just pray that for a second. I pray, Lord, that Lord, that your voice, Lord, that your voice would go before us in this season, this next season. I pray, Lord, that you would, Lord, speak into what's chaotic, that you would bring clarity into what's chaotic, I don't know what this means for, for, I don't I just don't know who this is for, but let the Lord speak into what's chaotic. Let the Lord bring clarity to what needs to be, um, have some clarity. And, and don't you try to fix it, if I can just say it like that. The Lord is the one who speaks into chaos. He is also the God who makes a way. He's also the God that knows all things He's the first, he's the last, the beginning, the end. These temporary situations are just temporary. This is not our forever. The second thing is I felt like the Lord, just uh, the reminder that God's voice has to be the loudest. At the end of the day, no matter what, God's voice has to be the loudest. So I pray, Lord, for each person here, Lord, where they've had trouble hearing you, I pray, Lord, that you would bring a clarity into their hearing where that's just been fuzzy. And actually, you've even thought of that like there's something wrong with you. No, it's just the season. It's the chaos in the season. And it's the enemy always trying to silence what God's wanting to speak. And we just say no to that. In the name of Jesus Christ, we say no to the chaos. And, Lord, May your voice be the loudest over our life, Lord. May we not be led by even people or led by circumstances or the chaos of what we're having to step into, Lord. Help us to be led by your voice, to be leaders of your voice. And, Lord, I do pray, Lord, that you would just seal, Lord, all the things that you're wanting to say and, Lord, uh, wanting to do, Lord, that you would seal this. In Jesus' name.